0: Hello, bitches, besties, and bros. My name is Cassidy Fazio. If you're new here and you're listening to Dumb Bitch Fitness, the podcast where I simplify any and all things health and fitness related for the everyday person. On today's episode, I have 22 health and fitness related tips and tricks for you. Now you're probably thinking, why 22? Why not 20? Why not 25? and that is because i just recently turned 22 and by recently i mean like a month ago i swear like i wrote this list 2 weeks ago but really i wrote this list 2 or the day after my birthday which was february 17th and it is now march 14th so time is flying got to watch the time because it's flying right by um as drake once said but Regardless, here I am recording this finally, and these tips, tricks, advice, whatever you want to call them, they are in no specific order. I honestly haven't read through these since I wrote it over a month ago now, or just about a month ago now, so some I'm going to be elaborating on, some are kind of self-explanatory, but you you will get the flow, you will get the gist of it. And I'm going to jump right into it. Number one, being consistent 80% of the time to the best of your ability will always be better than trying to be perfect, but doing that inconsistently. So, being inconsistently perfect is the type of person who Monday through Friday is 100% on their shit. They hit their macros to the T. They don't miss a workout. They're quote unquote grinding. They turn down coworkers for drinks after work here and there because they're on a diet and, you know, they got to hit their macros and they, you know, sacrifice life for their health and fitness goals. Then on the other hand, there's the more 80% on it, 20% living person the person who every few weeks when the coworkers want to go out after work they go because you know why they're just going to get back on their shit the next day and they know it's not going to affect their goals in the long term because they're not making it a habit and they're not binge drinking on the weekends because they've been so restrictive therefore they're not waking up the next day extremely hungover and kind of just saying fuck it to their goals they're taking it day by day step by step but giving themselves grace they know that if they're starving after they've already hit their macros that eating a yogurt or you know making a small snack for themselves to actually feel satisfied and full isn't ruining their progress or skipping a workout isn't ruining their progress and they're not just gonna let it cancel out all the hard work that they've already put in So, that is the difference between someone being consistent to the best of their ability versus being inconsistently perfect. Number two, if you have a snack that you just cannot quote-unquote control yourself around, for me, it's Oreos, and I made the mistake, and this is 100% my fault, I bought Oreo Thins four times because I wanted to make a specific recipe. It was like a protein cheesecake Oreo muffin recipe. I don't fucking know. And I bought Oreo thins for this recipe four different times or I think I bought they were like buy one get one free or whatever. I don't know. I bought four packs altogether. Never made the recipe. Ate all four packs. You know why? Because I cannot be trusted with Oreos. By the way, this is like recent like this was the past two to four weeks. I bought these Oreos and just literally within days have eaten the whole entire pack and then I (laughs) attempted to repurchase them and then I just ate them again. Never made the recipe. And now I'm not buying them again because I know I'm not going to make the recipe because I would have already, right? So for example, you're craving Oreos or you want to make a certain recipe with Oreos in it or you just have a certain type of quote-unquote junk food that you know you can't quote-unquote control yourself around when you have it in the house and you know you'll just binge on it if it's there, I would highly recommend getting the single size portion of that food Or like the snack size or kid size of that food so that you can still enjoy it and get the taste for it, but not be tempted to eat the whole entire box because it's right in front of you. Because like I was saying before, you don't want to fall into that vicious cycle of, well, this is the last time that I'm allowing myself to ever have this food again. So I need to binge on it because, you know, I'm never going to eat another Oreo a day in my life. So I have to eat the whole box right now. It'll prevent that, but still allow you to feel like a normal human being because you can still include Cheez-Its and Oreos and chips. When it becomes a problem and when it starts to inhibit you from reaching your goals is when you're craving them and you decide to throw them in the grocery cart because this time it'll be different. This time, you know, you'll be able to control yourself. It's really like an addiction. It's like an alcoholic saying, you know, this time I can drink. It's going to be different this time. I'll be able to control myself this time. It's kind of the same idea. And I know people are going to come at me and say, that sounds like you're promoting eating disorders like that's disordered eating. But bottom line is, you know what is actually disordered eating is buying Oreos and telling yourself you need to eat the whole entire box right then and there because you are not going to allow yourself to ever have another Oreo a day in your life. That's disordered eating. You really just have to be honest with yourself, and I've learned this because I've been through this vicious cycle over and over again, and at this point, I know that if it's in my house, it's inevitably going to be eaten at one point in time or another. So why am I going to even allow myself to put this bump in the road towards my goals when it's completely avoidable and I can still enjoy the food just in a smaller, more reasonable portion? I also like to do this when I'm craving like a specific cereal or candy bar or chip. I'll go to a gas station or I mean, they have them at like Publix and Walmart also. But I'll get the single serve like to go cup of that specific cereal and I'll eat that and I'll be completely satisfied because honestly, I would rather go over my macros 150 calories with a to go cup of cereal than binging on the whole box, feeling bad about myself, feeling absolutely physically ill, and being 2,000 calories over my macros. If you're picking up what I'm putting down. <laughs> All right, next tip. Number three, think of your favorite meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then quote-unquote macrofy them. So my all-time favorite going out lunch, and I'm talking like fast food-ish, is Chipotle. I could eat Chipotle every single day and I've learned not only for the sake of macros but for the sake of money. I learned how to make Chipotle how I like it but at home and I can adjust the macros. If I want less fat in it, I take out some avocado and some sour cream. If I want more protein, I add more chicken or beef. If I want less carbs, I take out some of the rice, add more lettuce, Completely customizable. This goes for if your favorite dinner is pizza. You can make a macro friendly pizza. You can use a Joseph's Lavash bread as the crust. You can use lower calorie pizza sauce or just like a marinara sauce, turkey pepperoni instead of regular pepperoni, 2% mozzarella cheese rather than a full fat mozzarella cheese. The list goes on and on, but that is just an example of how to fit your favorite meals but make them in your own way so that you can eat them every single day and it'll make dieting way easier and not just dieting in a deficit. I'm talking about just your lifestyle. Even when I'm on maintenance or a bulk, I still eat these foods. I just up the portions because again, we all know if you've been here before, it's not what you eat, it's how much you eat. Number four, if you track macros, you should pre-track all of your protein sources for each meal throughout the day. So, for example, tomorrow for breakfast, my protein source is going to be egg whites or if I do my protein oatmeal, which I'm kind of leaning towards, I'm going to do my protein powder. Track that. Then for lunch, I'm going to do chicken in my burrito bowl. And then I'll have a Dan and Lighten fit as a snack. And then for dinner, I'm going to have, say, that macro-friendly pizza. My protein will be from the cheese and the turkey pepperoni and the lavash bread. Those have a lot of protein, to be honest. So I'm going to pre-track that so that I can guarantee that I'm going to hit my protein no matter what. Because protein is the hardest macronutrient for a lot of people to hit, it's Very easy and simple to go throughout the day and almost run out of carbs and fats, but not hit your proteins. So by pre-tracking it, you can guarantee that you are going to hit that. Number five, when you're drinking something like a hard seltzer, such as a White Claw, Truly, whatever, there's 900 million of them nowadays. Nine times out of 10, I want to say they're going to market it as two grams of carbs per can. So if you know anything about macros or if you've listened to the previous episode, the episode before this one, if you want to check it out, is a complete crash course on all three of the macros and their functions in the body and their importance, etc. So go check that out if you want some more information. If you're not sure about macros, this will make a lot more sense. But one gram of carb has four calories in it. So, that means that four times two grams of carbs in a white claw would only equal eight calories, right? So, one white claw is 100 calories but only two grams of carbs. So, how is it 100 calories if really it's only eight calories according to the nutrition label? That's because alcohol actually contains calories. But... You can't just track alcohol into MyFitnessPal or whatever app you use. So I always recommend to my clients, this is how I've always done it, my friends, my family. I say that you should track your hard seltzers or alcohol, any type of alcohol, as carbs. Because alcohol, you can't really compare it to protein at all. If anything, it's the complete opposite of protein. And you can't compare it as fat. So really the closest you can get to it of the three macronutrients is carbs. So it's your best bet to track it as carbs in order to still account for the calories. So I track one white claw as 25 grams of carbs because 25 grams of carbs times four calories will give you the 100 calories that they claim to be. Number six, I just wrote walk more. But I think what I was trying to say is the golden standard of needing to get 10,000 steps in a day, I don't believe in. I don't know where this arbitrary number came from, but I truly believe that you should just be walking more than you are now. So if your average daily steps are only 2,000 steps a day, maybe you should aim for 4,000 steps. Then once you can do that consistently because you've added a walk in the morning or at your lunch break, then you can up it to maybe 5,000, 6,000. If you really want to go crazy, 8,000 steps a day. Don't expect to walk 10,000 steps a day if you're only at like 2,000 now because it can seem impossible, but really just work your way up. And again, it's not a magic number. Like you're not going to like speed up your metabolism if you Get 10,000 steps a day, or nothing's going to happen if you only get 9,500 steps. It's really just a baseline that someone somehow at some date in the past came up with. So don't worry about it. Just walk more. Number seven kind of goes along with this. I said start slow. So if you are brand new to the health and fitness lifestyle, maybe you just want to feel a little bit better in your skin, drop a few pounds, build a little muscle, fix your eating habits. Don't expect to go to the gym five times a week when you're going zero now. Don't expect yourself to hit 140 grams of protein if you eat 30 grams in an entire day right now. Again, there's no right or wrong answer or number or amount. You just need to be doing more than you are now. So, start slow, start with three times a day. I mean, no, don't go three times a day. Three times a week to the gym, challenge yourself. Once you can go to the gym consistently, three times a week for a month, then add four days. Challenge yourself to four days or five days. I don't recommend more than five days, honestly. Then, as for something like tracking macros, if you're new to it, challenge yourself to track your protein. Forget the carbs and fats, just try and track your protein, see if you can reach your protein goal every single day. Once you can do that, start adding in the carbs, the fats, etc. If you think that you will never be able to eat 140 grams of protein in your life, this is just an arbitrary number. Again, that's just what I eat in a day, that's why I'm so quick to go to that number. If I was just starting off, I wouldn't just try and hit on 140- 140 grams right off the bat when I'm only eating like 30 grams in my whole entire day. I would start for 75 grams. Then next week I'll try 100 grams. The following week I'll try 120. This is getting easier. I think I can do 140 now. So just slowly work your way up. Don't expect to go balls to the wall right out the gate and be a fucking Olympic athlete the first time you're ever trying to implement a healthier lifestyle number eight i highly encourage that you track your workouts so the main goal with your workouts especially if it's specifically weightlifting is to be progressively overloading so i will go way more into depth than this in future episodes but in very simple terms progressive overload just means you're progressing every time you go into the gym, getting better over time. So for example, the first time I go into the gym, I can barbell squat, say, the bar, which is 45 pounds. The next week you go into the gym, you want to be able to squat 55 pounds. Then maybe the next week you can't add any more weight, but you get an extra two reps in your top set. Then the next week, you can do 75 pounds. Basically, you get the point. You just want to keep progressing over time. And the best way to make sure that you are progressing and keep yourself accountable, because you think you'll remember the weights you did, but you really won't, write it down. So I used to use my notes in my iPhone. Now I write it down on paper because, I don't know, something about writing something down just makes it more real. I don't know. And it's easier to flip back quickly in the next week. Sometimes I'm flipping through my logbook and I'm like, holy shit, I did that weight last week? No fucking way. And shit, I have to beat that this week? Fuck. But basically the point is to force a change. All muscle building is is forcing a change forcing an adaptation to the muscle. So you really have to keep yourself accountable with your logbook and make sure that you're actually forcing your body to adapt. Number nine, you can't tone a muscle. A muscle only gets bigger or smaller. So when you go around saying, oh, I just want to get toned for the summer. I don't want to lift weights. I want to tone my muscles. I don't want to get big and bulky. Girl, and guys, I've heard guys say this too. They don't want to get bulky. They don't want to get big. They just want to have a toned beach body. The way you get toned is by building muscle and losing fat around the muscle. Period. That's all there is to it. Next. Number 10. Nine times out of 10, the workouts that you want to skip and you have to force yourself to go to. 9 times out of 10 are going to be the best workouts you've had in a while. I don't know why, but I swear, ask anyone who is an avid gym goer. This is the truth. Every time I'm dreading going to the gym. And I say 9 times out of 10 because of course there's that one time when you're like, absolutely not. Fuck this. I knew that there was a reason I didn't want to come into the gym. And this was the shittiest workout of my life. But the other 9 times out of 10... It is the best workout that you've had in a while. So keep that in mind next time you feel like skipping the gym. You will never regret a workout once it's done. Number 11. Your metabolism doesn't slow down after a certain time in the day. You slow down at a certain time in the day. Your metabolism isn't slow. You're just lazy. Think of metabolism as the calories being burned in a day. The calories you burn in a day. So. Of course, when you're moving around at your physically active job all day, you went to the gym beforehand, you're all pumped up, you're eating consistently, you're drinking your water, you're talking, you're moving, you're walking the dog. Of course, you're burning more calories, a.k.a. your metabolism is faster than when you get home from work and you're rotting on the couch for the rest of the night. Think of it that way. Don't blame your metabolism blame your self (laughs) number 12 now this is gonna be a controversial one and you're probably gonna be surprised that i'm saying this but keto does work to drop a bunch of water weight really quickly and look shredded for a day and a half then the second you reintroduce the carb you know what happens You absolutely blow up and you're like, oh my God, I have to do keto for the rest of my life because look, I just ate a carb and I blew up. I am so carb sensitive and insulin resistant, blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. Carbohydrate. Carbohydrate. Hydrate meaning water. Water. So when you are stripping your body of the carbohydrates, you are depleted and you lose that water weight. But it doesn't mean that you're losing fat. It means that you're losing water and the scale goes down and you're like, oh my god, I lost 10 pounds. But then again, the second you reintroduce a carb, which is inevitable because no one's ever going to go their whole entire life. Without eating a carbohydrate, you will inevitably blow up like a balloon and then blame the carbs as to why you blew up. But really, it's because you restricted so many carbs for a period of time and now you're reintroducing them and your body responds accordingly. Number 13, your brain will give up before your body does. This applies, I guess, for like anything in life, honestly, but specifically for weightlifting and cardio sessions. Your brain will tell you to stop, even when your body is not even halfway to failure. Our brains are designed to keep us safe, to keep us away from stressful situations, harmful, painful situations. So when you're lifting a weight that seems extremely heavy, maybe a weight you've never lifted before, and you're supposed to do 10 reps, and you get to rep 6, 7, and your brain is like, nope, put the weight down. That's all you got. Like, good job, but that's it. Like, that, we just went to failure. Just remind yourself that, yes, it's painful. It's not supposed to feel good. And you probably can do more than your brain is allowing you to believe. And I have witnessed this firsthand. The first time I ever trained at Iron University with Aldo, I literally lifted weights that I didn't think I would ever be able to lift in my entire life. Because my brain told me I couldn't. So I never even tried. So I highly recommend you working out with a personal trainer too. To really see what your potential is. And to see your true strength. Because it's hard when you work out by yourself. Because your brain always wants to chime in and tell you when to stop. Even if your body can go way further. That applies to a lot of things in life. But you know that could be its own episode. Every single one of these topics could be its own episode, basically. But anyway, number 14. This is a mindset switch and something that I tell myself a lot. Number 14 says, time will pass. Now or never mindset. I've been really implementing this into my overall thought process recently with anything in life. Not just working out, but specifically like my life goals like I really feel after my birthday I'm growing up so I've been really telling myself like now or never it's time to move don't let grass grow in between your toes you got to move quickly you got to act on your ideas and time is going to pass whether you like it or not and it's up to you to either get closer to your goals use that time to better yourself get closer to your goals, or allow that time to pass and stay exactly where you are right now. Number 15. When you're doing cardio, you need to find a way to occupy your mind. Of course, you want to always have your mind aware that you can probably push a little harder, walk a little faster, move your body with more intent. But it always helps to occupy your mind, especially when you have long sessions. If you're in a bodybuilding prep or, you know, trying to take your physique to the next level. I recommend that you pick a TV show, an activity, a game on your phone. Like a specific app that you only do or watch or talk to while you're doing cardio. So pick a show that you've never seen before or and that you're really interested in and tell yourself you're only allowed to watch that show while you're doing cardio. This will just be a little something to incentivize you to do your cardio and make it a little more enjoyable. This of course is assuming that you're doing a low intensity steady state cardio such as like walking on a treadmill on an incline I don't really expect you to be, like, watching Stranger Things or something while you're sprinting. So stick with the low intensity steady state. Number 16. I really like this one. Okay, I didn't reread this list at all. Okay, this says, Your goals may change, but your why doesn't have to. And I think I was really... speaking from the heart with this one because I have always just known that I am meant to do something big in this life and I used to always think that was like cocky to say like almost like I was trying to say like oh I'm better than you like I'm gonna do great things in this life but I've always genuinely had this feeling this incentive to do great things in my life and I plan to do so But I think what I meant when I was writing this, this tip, this whatever, this is really just like life advice at this point. When I used to want to model, that was my number one goal. My physique goal and my health and fitness goals and actions and lifestyle was completely different than it is now while I'm bodybuilding. Totally different mindset also, but... The main goal in each of these, I guess you can call them eras of my life, were to be the best possible version of myself. So whatever that meant at the time, that was always my why and it continues to always be my why. So just because you switch career paths or you get out of a toxic relationship, your life's purpose doesn't need to change. You can still be the same you no matter what direction you are going in your life. Number 17, results will come when you least expect them or when you're not looking for them. For example, when someone comes to me for one on one coaching and they don't really care about their physique. That's not what they tell me. They tell me they want to get strong. They want to be able to lift weights that they haven't been able to put up for years. They feel like they've hit a plateau in the gym and they just haven't been able to break through. So we decide to set specific strength goals. And as they reach those goals, they start to build muscle, simultaneously lose fat, quote unquote, without even trying. They're focusing on getting strong and simultaneously, they're building their dream body. They're getting stronger, building muscle, losing fat. Their clothes are fitting better. They're feeling more confident. They're sleeping better. They have more energy throughout the day. And it's just a win-win situation through and through. Number 18, micronutrients matter too. I love to preach, if it fits your macros, track your macros, you know, it's not what you eat, it's how much you eat, but in some case scenarios, so we're talking feeling good, gut health, skin, hormone issues, overall, I'd say energy, how you feel in your workouts, your performance. This is when micronutrients matter. So if you haven't eaten a vegetable in the past week, maybe, just maybe, you should do that. Throw in a fruit, you know, throw in some nuts and seeds. Maybe take a multivitamin, you know. So I'm just putting it on the record that I do care about micronutrients. You know, I make it seem like macros are all that matters, but micros... micros. (laughs) I've never heard someone call it that. Micronutrients matter too. Number 19, tell people about your goals if you want to reach them. It's so easy to make goals for yourself, even if you're writing them down and, you know, putting them on your wall or making it your wallpaper. It's easy to not actually go through with them because it's between you and you. You yourself, and that doesn't work that way. <laughs> if I do that, it's between me, myself, and I, and no one can hold me accountable or ask me about it. And that is basically what I did with this podcast. I told people, I told my co workers, I told my mom, I told my friends. And then after a few weeks, they started asking, Hey, what happened to the podcast? Or are you doing the podcast? Where's the podcast? And I was like, Oh, fuck. I need to start the podcast and here I am doing the podcast and it just goes to show that you should tell people your goals, specifically people that give a fuck about you because they will want to see you achieve these goals and wonder why you haven't yet. Number 20, tracking macro. Oh, I actually wrote micros. (laughs) What are the odds? All right. Tracking macros isn't the only way In my personal opinion, in my professional opinion, I think it is the most accurate way. I don't even think that's an opinion. I think that is truth because it's almost like budgeting. The most accurate way to budget is to track your finances, right? Same with caloric intake. The most accurate way to know what you're eating and to hold yourself accountable is to track it specifically with macros, you could think you're eating a high-protein diet because you eat things like protein bars and protein snacks. But in reality, if you were to actually track every single source of protein throughout the day, it might only come out to half of what you thought you were eating. So again, I think it's the most accurate way, but I don't think it is the only way. There is a way for everyone, but... I don't like when people come to me and they're like, I don't track macros. It doesn't work for me because nine times out of 10, they either A, were just too lazy and just don't want to deal with the learning curve and just want to write it off and do it the quote unquote other ways. Or two, they never even tried it long enough to actually work. That's that on that. Number 21, don't let, quote unquote, cheat meals or untracked meals turn into untracked breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack, binge, repeat the next day. If you're going to have an untracked meal or a, quote unquote, cheat meal or, quote unquote, treat meal, whatever the fuck you want to call it, say for lunch, you're going out with friends get right back onto your normally scheduled meals at dinner. Don't just let it cancel out for the day and be like, ah, fuck it. You know, like today will be a cheat day and I'll get back to it tomorrow. And I have been very guilty of this, but then I don't know if I learned this from somewhere or I just thought of this, but this has really helped me because it's so true you will do more harm by letting your cheat meal turn into a cheat day than if you were just to actually take the cheat meal and then move on with your life and it is very easy to once you get that taste of those highly palatable foods that maybe you haven't had in a while because you've been you know cooking food at home and you haven't really been eating like fried or like fast food because Again, you've been eating at home and prepping your own lunches. When you get a taste of the good shit, that's all you want to eat. And it's almost addictive. I truly believe that food, certain foods can be addictive. But that is another topic for another day. (laughs) Haha, imagine that. And last but certainly not least, number 22. Health and fitness doesn't have to be your whole life, but, 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 everyone wants a big fat, but you do have to make it a part of your life. And that is pretty self-explanatory, but I know it's so easy to see these fitness influencers on Instagram who don't work a nine to five job, don't have kids, and it seems like they have all day to go to the gym whenever they please, go when it's not busy, take two hours to do recovery services afterwards, get their protein shake from a fancy meal prep place, get their meals delivered from their sponsor. They make it seem like it is their whole entire life and that is because it is their whole entire life. It is literally their job nine times out of ten if it seems like that. But I just want to let you guys know that it is possible. I am living proof that you can reach your health and fitness goals while working a nine-to-five, while going to school. I have worked a nine-to-five job for the past three years. Some of those years going to school after work, some of those years working 12-hour shifts here and there. And within those past three years, I have made the biggest strides towards my health and fitness goals than I ever have in any past years. And that is because I made it a priority in my life. Some people might think that I care way too much about it and that's fine, but I just am here to show you that it is possible. If I can do it, you can do it. And I know there's going to be people out there who are like, well, you don't have kids or you don't have this or that, or well, I have this and you don't. At the end of the day, it's up to you to do what you want with your time. And again, time is going to pass whether you like it or not. You have control of what you do with your time and you can either use this time to get closer to your goals or to say exactly where you are. It is all up to you. And that's really why I started this podcast and why I continue to do it because I want to show the everyday person that you don't have to make it your whole personality or your whole life's mission to live a healthy lifestyle. I hope that these 22 tips helped you. I hope that they provided some inspiration and some clarification on some topics. And as always, thank you so much for listening. If you want to watch me practice what I preach, you can follow me on all social medias at Built by Cass. Make sure that you leave a five-star rating and review. I would absolutely love you forever and I would just genuinely appreciate it. If you have any questions, comments, concerns at any point in your health and fitness journey, I would love to chat with you, slide into my DMs on Instagram and I would love to help you in any way I possibly can. If you're interested in one-on-one coaching with me, the link to apply for that is always in the show notes along with any of my other important links. And I guess that's all the plugging I can do. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Share this on your Instagram story and tag at Built so I can know you're watching. Share this with someone who needs to hear any of these 22 tips. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you, or I'll talk to you, or you'll hear me in the next episode. (laughs) Bye.